What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Xbox Two Podcast, and I'm one of your hosts. Back again, Randall Thor19, the man with the million, uh, alongside the one and only Jez Yarden, Jez Corden of Windows Central, Yarden. who's a little bit a little bit tired today. He's a little bit tired. Yep, I'm always tired. Always, always tired, but it's Friday. It's Friday around, which means tomorrow is Saturday, and yes. I finish all my work, and I get to have a break. Mm. So that's nice. That is <laughs> the weekend's always nice, but um, you know, me and Jazz, as since we do this podcast together as a collaborative effort, uh, we've heard everybody's uh, you know, the uh, what would be concerns or uh, maybe not concerns is the right word, but uh, wishes, feedback that they want to be able to listen. To the podcast in other places than just YouTube. So starting with this episode, we are going to throw Xbox Two podcast up on what'd you say, Jazz? Like SoundCloud, iTunes, basically, basically where all the podcasts, iTunes, podcast RSS feeds, all podcast apps, basically anything where you can listen to podcasts, except for Spotify. I think you'll be able to get access to it. Although we'll look into Spotify as well. Why not? We'll yeah, put it on everything. We'll get it on everywhere. You'll see us on billboards on New York Times Square and all that. Yeah, maybe not that, but so a for lot those of places. Yeah, for those of you that wanted to listen to it not on YouTube, you got your wish. So this will be the first episode that will go up in there, and every you know previous episode or concurrent episode after that will go up there. So for those of you know you listening first time iTunes, I'm just gonna give a little info about myself really quickly. I don't want to bore everybody. I'm Randall Thor 19. I run this channel here. It is my channel. I do daily videos, mainly about Xbox, but normally just pretty much strictly gaming. While Xbox is my primary platform, I do you know news, opinion pieces, indie spotlights where I talk about a game I really enjoy, and also I have over a million gamer score, which I achieved at E3 uh, 2016. Was invited personally by Phil Spencer and Mike Ybarra to do it there, so. You know, I'm just I'm just a gamer that enjoys uh, Xbox. Jez, what would you have to say about yourself, really quickly? I like caffeine, uh, hard liquor, vodka, and Jack Daniels specifically. I play video games. Sometimes I write about them for Windows Central, but mostly I'm a casual alcoholic and should never be listened to under any circumstances. That's right. Just should never be listened to. And the reason we didn't have the podcast on Wednesday wasn't Rand's fault. I was ready to go, but Jazz had a Valentine's Day date. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that happened. That was a thing that happened. Yes. No Valentine's date for Rand. Nobody, oh. nobody, nobody loves Rand. What about <laughs> your Xbox, man? That's, that's like a one-way love, man, you know? Xbox loves me. I don't love Xbox. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Nobody loves Ran. People love Jazz. That's just how it goes. You got a you got a lot of love this past week, man. You you, you did. People did. people were loving the information that you were providing. And and we'll talk about that first, since it's a big topic. You were invited to Rare. See I the was. studio, talk to developers behind Sea of Thieves. You put out like I don't know, 110 articles last week or on the 13th. <laughs> yeah, there was like, so like on Windows Central, a lot of our readers are 
primarily Windows or Windows Phone users, and some people were complaining, like, oh my god, what is this, Sea of Thieves Central? It's like, yeah, we put out a lot of articles last week. Um, but Rare gave us a lot of stuff to write about. Yes, they did. Um, they basically blew the lid off loads of new features. I mean, we'll go through them in a bit of detail in a bit, but yeah, it was it was a pretty epic week last week. I'm not gonna lie, well, this week it was this week. This it was this week. week. It was it was on Tuesday. This yeah. That... I mean, you're you're tired. We'll we'll forgive you for this. You're tired. You got all your work done. You're looking forward to the weekend. You know, you had a you had a Valentine's date, and then you know you had a busy week. You went to where late nights up, you know, typing like a keyboard monkey, trying to oh, get yeah. those articles finished. I get it, man. You know. Yep. 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 But um, what did, do? what did you do? What did I do? Uh, I played PUBG as I normally do. But I, you know what? I think, I think my time with PUBG might be coming to an end because last night I played, I just wasn't having any fun. So you know what I did yesterday, Jazz? Instead of playing PUBG, you played Fortnite. No, I turned oh. on my PlayStation Four. Oh, and I immersed myself in the world of Shadow of the Classes. So I have, I have six colossi. No, I have five colossi left. So for those of you looking for a review of Shadow Classes, it'll probably be actually done tomorrow or Sunday. Um, I know I waited a little bit long, but man, I don't know what it is about PUBG, but like that stuff is like cracked me, Jazz. I don't get it. I'm so addicted to that game, and I was like shirking all these other games that I bought or all these games I have for review. Right, like there's a new fall game that's out, part two, and I really enjoyed the first one, but I haven't played the second one. There's these games out there that I want to play and do videos for, you know, Shadow of the Classes, and it's just like I get on and it's like PUBG, and all my friends are playing PUBG, so I go play PUBG. But maybe that time is coming to an end after 270 hours. Well, it sounds like you got your money's worth at least. I, yeah. I, I got I got a PUBG story actually. Oh, a PUBG story from Jazz. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't play PUBG very much. I don't enjoy I don't enjoy it that much. I, I'm too impatient for the game, and I just don't enjoy it that much. And uh, you know, the only times I play it is when I co-stream with uh, Justin Rovey on Mixer, and uh, we were streaming it this morning in a co-stream of four people, and uh, my whole team died, and I was solo, and. Um, uh, you know, I was playing by myself, and Roby, Roby said, "I will give away an Xbox One X if Jess gets a chicken dinner." So I'm thinking, "Yeah, right. I've got to play better now than I've ever played in my life." And uh, sure enough, I get, I get one kill, I get two kills, I get three kills, and it's like, "Oh my god, I'm, I've never played this this well before." And it was like my first game back after like I don't know, like three weeks or something. Um, I hadn't played PUBG, and uh, I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well, and then. Um, the seven people left, and I mean the top ten. I'm thinking, yeah, man, man, there's a chance here that I can force Roby to buy someone an Xbox One X. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm driving around in the Jeep, and um, my brain just forgot that I wasn't playing Battlefield, so I jumped out of a Jeep while it was driving at like 100 miles an hour and died instantly. Ah, it was That's so nice. anticlimactic. Because in, in Battlefield, you can drive at a thousand miles an hour and just jump out and because and your legs are made of titanium or something, and it's fine. And I just yeah. I just 
thought I was playing Battlefield for a moment there and screwed it all up. And it was It's okay. Some sad. somebody in chat's like, I'm gonna win an Xbox One X and then you jump out of the car while it's moving. Good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good job. Uh, but yeah, I, I yeah. I'm, I'm good, not a huge fan. Good of that job. Game. Yeah, I mean, uh, PUBG. I I don't know. It depends, man. Like it's the performance issues suck. I you know oh, I yeah. there are po- points in the game where it really hampers the enjoyment or hampers the experience. And then I see like Fortnite on the other hand adding a 60 frames mode to all the consoles and constantly is updated with new stuff. And I'm just like, why can't they do this? Why can't blue hole do this for PUBG? Like they already sold 30 million copies. It's not like they don't got the money. They've, they've got money from Microsoft. They've got money from 10 cents. They've sold tens of millions of copies. Right? Like where is the updates? And I know, okay. Epic games, they actually are the masters of the Unreal Engine, probably lets them iterate more than anybody else since they, you know, make it. But I'm like, I look at the two and I'm like, no wonder Fortnite's starting to eat into PUBG's lunch. Number one, it's free. And number two, it's updated weekly. You know, if not every other day. And, you know, they get the 60 frames patch and here I am dealing with sub sub 20 frames at points and really hampering the enjoyment and it's just like you know what i might just take a time off of PUBG. wait for them to actually optimize it wait for them to use the millions and millions of dollars that they've gotten from selling 30 million copies on the pc and probably 5 million copies on xbox at this point fix your game because at this point all the patches they do for PUBG are fixing things they break in the previous patch and they still haven't fixed the ponytail bug yeah I don't know, man. Add achievements. Let's do something. God. Like, I Claybook just launched in game preview, right? Claybook. And it came out with the achievements day one in game preview, right? So, like, the argument, well, in game preview, you don't have to have achievements. Yeah, that works for some games, but, like, I don't know. Fix your game. Optimize yeah. it. Get it running. At it. Look, I'm not even asking for 60 frames per second because I don't think I PUBG can. I'm asking for at least... Lock it at 30. I want if if you're not gonna do 60, at least have it locked at 30 at all times. And you know what? If you have to dynamically uh scale the resolution, by all means, please do that. Because let's be honest here, Jazz, everybody in chat, salty, DI, fuzzy belvedere, gaming forte. There's no like there's no reason why freaking PUBG should be 4K. Anyways, because it doesn't, it's not, it's not a good looking game. Why is it in 4K? Who cares about 4K and PUBG? Optimize the frame rate first. Ah, oh, no, it's not on a rant. Anyways, I agree. <sighs> I agree for the record. But um, you just said last week you don't care about 60 frames and frame rate. I said it's all I about do resolution. in multiplayer games. Oh, God. Okay. I take the 60 in multiplayer games, especially PUBG, but. I don't care about any single player games. But let's not get into that again because yeah. you'll lose the argument again. Um, so, what have you been playing around? That's how so, usually... PUBG, which I just talked about, uh, some Shadow of the Colossus, which I'm going to finish tonight. And then after that, 
I'm not really sure. I was thinking about maybe getting Metal Gear Survive next week, but no. I don't know. No, don't. I won't let you buy it. Okay, don't let me buy it. Okay, it's it, um, it's evil. Metal okay. Gear Survive I... is an evil game. Nobody should buy it. It's evil. If you buy Metal Gear Survive, uh, kittens will die uh, all around the world. Um, it's it's evil. Black magic, voodoo, Konami, uh, animating the corpse of one of the best franchises in video game history, and it shouldn't it shouldn't happen, man. It shouldn't. Happen. Yeah. So either nah, seriously though, it it sickens me as a Metal Gear as a Metal Gear fan, the way they've cynically abused the IP to make like this zombie battle royale. Daisy wannabe game is just it's just awful it's like it's the biggest slap in the face to every Metal Gear fan I think and I just think it's nothing sacred it's nothing sacred to Konami so yeah that's that's how I feel about Metal Gear Survive. nothing is sacred nothing is sacred I don't know I was thinking about getting it but probably not uh, like I said you know, on tweet. what instead what Deep Rock Galactic uh, I mean, it doesn't come out to the 28th. Is it 28th or 28th? No, it's the 28th. Damn it. Okay, well, wait, save your money, and then get Deep Rock Galactic the following week. I watched, I played that I watched last you night. play it on, on stream. I don't know. It's it doesn't awesome. seem like It doesn't seem like a game for me. Well... The whole mining, fun? the whole mining aspect and collecting all that stuff, and I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of those type of games. Uh, but that said, I'll give it a chance. I'll play it when it comes out. But it's a it's a co-op game. You need you need you know a dedicated co-op team um, to play it. I mean, it's it's not a game I'd recommend you play solo. But I played it last night with um, uh, Zach, Dan, and Matt from Windows Central, and uh, it was. It was intense. It was super fun. It's like basically uh, Minecraft meets Left 4 Dead, and like you get you get a mission in this uh, procedurally generated uh, planetary mine, and you have to go there, get a specific type of mineral, and then uh, fight waves of like spider creatures, and then extract yourself. And when you're trying to extract it, alerts all kinds of bosses and monsters and stuff as you're trying to escape. And it's really, really cool. I really, 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 really liked it. Um, but uh, it's coming out at the wrong time, probably, because uh, a few weeks later, Sea of Thieves is coming out, and I probably won't play Deep Rock Galactic ever again. <laughs> No, uh, so so my 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 like plan of attack since I, I like I want to play less of PUBG is I'm gonna finish Shadow Classes, put a video out. I'm gonna finish God of War three because it's getting close to God of War, the new God of War. Uh, I want to play next week. There's a couple of games I'm gonna do any spotlights for, like the Station, uh, Past Cure. Um, I want to go back and play the Fall uh, Part Two, which is a game I really enjoyed from the first one. And then from there, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Far Cry Five is next month. Sea of Thieves is next month. Um, Surviving Mars is next month. I know. I saw. Well, actually, isn't it? Oh yeah, it is. Uh, But I don't know. Surviving Mars isn't also my type of game either. Oh yeah, that's fair enough. I understand that part. 
God, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't try it, but it doesn't really get me excited. Um, I don't know. There's just there's a lot coming out between Xbox and PlayStation. I've had a Switch in my Amazon cart like four times now. I almost like bought it like four different and, times. But what you said every, you didn't like it? The Switch? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any love for Nintendo, but you know, there are some games that I what? you know Bayonetta three, Bayonetta, Bayonetta two, Bayonetta three. Uh, I mean, people tell me I need to play Zelda. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You're the guy who said you wouldn't play Nier Automata, but you want to play Bayonetta 3. No, 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 no. I never said I would never play Nier Automata. I have Nier Automata. There's just other games I would rather play before that. Mm. Look, you've told me, you told me, you're like, Rand, you'd love Nier Automata. You'd love it, right? But then I've had other people who know me very well. They're like, you despise that game. Um, I don't know, actually. Now that I know you better, maybe you wouldn't like it. But it's got waifus in it, so... I'm not that big a fan of waifus, though. Oh, well. I mean, I mean look... Why you didn't have a Valentine's Day? I know, right? I, I, Rand I needs some love. I need, I I need some love. Food. Yeah, if there's anyone... But I mean, I'm not, it's not that I'm not interested in Nier Automata. I am. It's made by Platinum Games. I really, like... I enjoy a lot of their games. Well, they're they're good games. They're you know like Vanquish, Bayonetta, Metal Gear Rising, Revengeance. So like yeah, I'm interested in Nier Automata for sure. It's just like there's so many games out. Uh, it's like it's hard to like pick a game, especially with PUBG, because every time I get on PUBG, it's like it's like okay, I'm gonna play on PUBG at 8 p.m. and then 3 p.m. rolls around, 3 a.m. rolls around. It's like well, there goes the whole night. I didn't do anything except play PUBG. You know. Like, it, it kind of has really taken a, a toll on my uh, gaming, like what I what I what I play. So, I just need to kind of like set that to set it, set that aside. But yeah, um, that's what I've been playing. Uh, Shadow Classes is freaking awesome. You know, it still has still has issues, but the issues it has are just carryovers from the original release. You know, the camera isn't great. Um, what else? The controls are a little bit finicky. Uh, the most of the problems that Shadow of the Classes had are the same problems it had when it came out. Uh, but it's still freaking awesome. It's still one of my favorite games of all time. There's still like not any game really like it out there uh, ever since it came out. But we'll, I'll do a video explaining more of my thoughts uh, tomorrow or Sunday. But anyways. I'm assuming you played PUBG and probably played like World of Warcraft and actually some no, of I, stuff. Haven't, I haven't I haven't been playing World of Warcraft and I'll tell you why. Monster Hunter World has taken my life over and I haven't been on WoW recently because because of Monster Hunter World. It's just such a aggressively addictive game. Mm. <laughs> it's like it feels like there's not a lot to it, but there there really is so much to it. And it's just these little loops of, you know, fun over and over again. And you can't even, you can't even get a breather in Monster Hunter World. There's always something to do. It's, it's a really, really great game. Whether you want to play in a short burst or a really long session, it's a really fun game. Have you, have you played that yet? No, I, I, I own it, but I have no intentions of playing it. You own it, but you have no intentions of playing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get you. I, I, I mean, Jazz, I have over, I have over a thousand Xbox One games. Why, why buy it? 
who says I bought it? How how did you get it? Don't worry about it. Don't, 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 yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry that, about that's, it. That's right. That's, uh, yeah, that's fine. Don't, but don't worry about it. You should play it with with a friend and kill some monsters. All my I, friends I, are all my friends are off that game. Gopher put seventy hours in it. He finished it. He's done. You know, everybody who I played PUBG with played that game for a bit and then stopped. And oh, you friends are. Oh, I, I just want to give us too damn hardcore, man. That's the problem. Want to give a shout out for to Cyrus Burke for the super chat. He says Black Panther is lit. A F. I am now Condon. Condon forever. Uh, I might go see Black Panther sometime uh, next week, but not this weekend. This weekend's about gaming, and it's about gaming without PUBG. <laughs> um, that's fair enough. Monster I Hunter. Know, I don't know what I'm going to play this weekend. I might. I might just have a break from ga- gaming this weekend. I might jump on Sea of Thieves actually. The Sea of Thieves live again. They're stress testing on Sea of Thieves, and honestly, I haven't found there to be any lag whatsoever so far. So that bodes well, potentially. Are people streaming it again? Can you stream this one? Yeah, or? Well, well, this is weird because on the Sea of Thieves website, it says no, you can't stream. But the PR people told me I could stream. So maybe it's just for mixer partners that can stream it? I don't know. But um, I don't know. Yeah, they they told me I could stream it, so maybe I'll stream Sea of Thieves this weekend. I don't know. I might try and play solo a bit. Um, they've changed a few things in Sea of Thieves. You can only have two weapons equipped at any one time now. So you have to choose between a sword and uh, two guns or something like that. Huh? Is interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Because before you could have a sword, a pistol, a shotgun, and a sniper rifle, but and a blunderbuss, yeah, yeah, no, well, yeah, the shotguns and the yeah. Uh, so you can only you can only you can only equip two, huh? You can only equip two weapons now uh, in in this in this build. Maybe they'll change it again. I don't know, uh, but whatever. Uh, oh yeah, and also the the character creation system is in. And Chief Tommy's calling me a liar because I said there's millions of unique pirates to select from. That's what they told me. Okay, and um, the the character selection system in Sea of Thieves is procedurally generated. So technically, it's true that there are millions of combinations because it, it can include tattoos and and uh, you know different body features and stuff like that. So um, there's a lot of controversy about the character selection system in Sea of Thieves, Rand. Controversy. Think, yeah, because they don't let you create your own character. What's you controversy? Is that con- controversy? Yeah, controversy. The oh, must must be the British way of saying that word, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Controversy. How do you say? Controversy. 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 Yeah, controversy. Well, I, why I don't know. Since you brought up Sea Thieves and you went to where, why don't you tell us about the trip? Why don't you tell us the about trip. all the, the info trip. and that Kraken boss fight? Oh, the Kraken. Huh? The Kraken was so good. It was so cool. Okay, so Microsoft uh, dropped me a line and they were like, yo, we know you live near Rare. Come and check out our game, Sea of Thieves at Rare. Latest build and find out new things along with all the real game journalists. And I'm I'm sitting there with like the BBC and GQ Magazine and The Guardian and and professional people and I'm just there like, I'm professional too. <laughs> 
I had no prep. I had no sleep. But damn, we did some good content. And uh pretty pleased myself about that. But anyway, um we went to Rare and Rare is um stunning. It's it's an incredible place. Like the the whole studio is just amazing. It's like there's props everywhere. There's like Battle Toad statue in one corner, Killer Instinct arcade machine in another, and and uh, you know huge screens showing off mixer streams of Sea of Thieves on another. And there's just uh, you know Sea of Thieves statues everywhere in that studio, um, and it's massive and it's it's just stunning. It's it's such a cool place, and like you really get a sense that the um, the rare team are like this family you know this family unit like you always you always hear these things about uh like crunch and and how like game devs are all stressed out and stuff like that and i'm sure being a game dev at rare is incredibly stressful uh, uh, especially right now but i i didn't get a sense that people were stressed or upset or or anything there was just there was such an energy there was such like there was just such a joy about because when I went to Rare, it was just as they were hitting number one on Twitch, and um, and it was like they uh, they just um, they were just energized by that fact that they were hitting number one on Twitch and and all these stats from figures rolling in the people saying nice things about the game and all that stuff and it was just incredible. It was just incredible to get a glimpse of that, you know. Uh, when the when the industry there's so much negativity and so much drama i mean like i'm looking at our youtube window right now and it's and it's uh, it's recommending it's recommending me a video from from uh some youtubers you know uh you know it's interesting about Jeff? shit games and stuff like that you know it's interesting i just went to twitch and see if he uses the highest streaming stream game right now over okay. league of legends <laughs> 192,602 viewers League of Legends is second with 191,067 and Fortnite's third. That's so, incredible. yeah, Sea of Thieves number one on Twitch again. And they barely even advertised this stress test compared to the last one. Well, that's interesting. But, you know, in any case, uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, so, basically, we were there to check out some new things, one of them being the character selection screen. Now, controversy controversy whatever however you want to say it you can't create your own character um there are there are um there are no sliders like skyrim there are no you know you can't select the the space between your eyeballs and you can't change your eye color and that sort of thing basically what it does is it gives you eight procedurally generated pirates and you have to choose one and that becomes your pirate um, you can re-roll them. You can re-roll them indefinitely until you find a pirate that you like the most. Um, but the idea is that they don't want to have any presets. They don't want to have any defaults. They don't want to have a game where, like, most players are running around role-playing, you know, Jack Sparrow and stuff like that. They want they want to make sure that all the characters are have the Sea of Thieves identity. So that's the way they've done it that way. I mean, it, at first I was like, that's kind of sad because I, I am the kind of person who will spend two hours making a character. But they made the point that the vast majority of players don't bother making a character. They just stick with the default skin. 
And um, in games like Ark Survival Evolved, and I'm sure anyone who's played Ark will attest to this, but most of the most of the people in Ark are pretty much running around with the default bald guy skin because they can't be bothered to use the character creation system. Yeah. You, you know what I think about that? Good, because you want to know how often I make my own character in the game? Never. Well, there you go. You you are you are in the majority. Like but I always is, choose the D, or I just like will randomize to get like one that I like because I'm not spending the time. Like, oh, let me let me look at my lips. Let me look at my cheekbones. Like in in Mass Effect, I was the default Shepard. You know, in, in other games, like I, I'm I'm happy with that. I don't really care. Like maybe this is why I don't care about cosmetics, but I don't care what my character looks like. So in Rare. When we, whenever we play Sea of Thieves, and you, you better play with me one of these days, you know, when the game fully releases, hell yeah, show me the ropes. I'm just gonna, you know, keep on hitting the carousel until I find uh, a character I like. So to me, that's that's better. So I just want to play the game. I don't want to spend hours trying to make my perfect rare character. So yeah, I mean, the thing is, you can. You do select that pirate from that screen, but there's still a vanity chest in game where you can customize tattoos, obviously all of your clothes, um, hooks and peg legs. Those are vanity items. You can change your hairstyles and purchase new ones and unlock those. So it's not like you don't have any control over what your pirate looks like because obviously you can change your hair, you can change your beard, uh, tattoos, scars, and uh other features like that, like hooks and peg legs and that sort of thing. It's just they want to make sure that every pirate in the game looks unique. And to ensure that, it means that they take some of the control away from players. But um, I think ultimately, uh, people won't really care. I mean, if, if people don't buy the game because of not having a character creation screen, then they probably weren't that interested in it anyway. But in any case... Um, that's the that's the character creation stuff. Uh, the, some of the stuff, some of the other stuff that they showed us, um, uh, a lot of it was just, you know, pretty cool. Uh, one of the one of the cool things was this pirate hideout feature. So, um, when you hit max reputation with one of the trade one of the trade uh, guilds, I think they're called, um, they will they will lead you on a quest that lets you find this pirate hideout. And basically this is like um, the end game sort of content where you, you become like a pirate legend and then you can have access to a special, a special cave um, where you can get access to higher level voyages, which are, which were literally described to me as being like raids. These are like the difficult voyages and, which you can share, you can share them with any player. Um, but if you are the pirate legend, they're they're your voyages, and you know, see that reward. They that have right there, rewards. that right there is a little weird because you're saying that. So you get the pirate legend, you get the you get like the camp behind a waterfall, and this gives you the quest to go on these super hard raids that give you these great gear. But you can play them with people who like just started the game. So how hard can they be? Well, it doesn't matter because it's like it's not like um, the game is a level playing field, you know. Well, no, so. but I mean, like in Destiny, say for example, you know, the raids, the pinnacle, like right, the raid content. You have to be a certain level to be able to do enough damage and not get killed enough to to go on those things to get the better loot. But like, I kind of like feel with the way they talked about this, like pirate legend. It's like, oh, 
this is like the raid stuff. These are really hard adventures, but yet you can take somebody on it like who just started the game. Like how hard yeah. realistically is it going to be? And it, it obviously know. can't be because if you're able to take someone who just started on this adventure, that's super hard. Like it can't be that difficult, you know, like otherwise I have no idea. I, have no idea. I, I don't know. Like I, the idea of having a pirate like hide out behind a waterfall is pretty cool, but like, I don't know. Maybe let's wait to see what the game's like when it comes out. But there's something about that where there's like, oh, you you know, super raid like content or super hard, but yet you can bring someone who's played the game for ten minutes into it. It's like, eh, I don't, something something doesn't feel right on that one. I don't know. I mean, we don't know. They're specifically keeping this stuff a secret because they want they want players to discover it for themselves. So uh, we won't know what what these uh legendary voyages entail until later so we just uh we just need to find out you know um so there's there's that whole system and uh we uh if you become a pirate legend uh you also get access to all these special cosmetic items and stuff and stuff like that and then later on there will be like they're gonna add this captaincy update which lets you uh sort of access new missions that lets you have like a more epic looking ship and uh stuff like that and um and uh even more customization and stuff and uh i don't know they didn't really go into too much detail about that but that's that's also part of the the pirate hideout stuff now beyond that uh some of the stuff they described to us was more to do with about things that are things that you can do in the game world so, like, uh, you know, in PUBG, when um, you get like those supply crates drop and there's a huge flare come down and everyone starts fighting over the supply crate. Yeah, because it's got good loot. Now, Sea of Thieves kind of has that too. And they're called skeleton raids, skeleton outpost raids. So, sometimes when you're sailing around in the sea, you'll see like a huge thundering cloud that looks like a skull. That means an outpost is active for uh, a raid and the the outpost will be full of uh, skeletons and a skeleton boss who has a key which lets you access his vault and the vault is crammed with treasure chests more chests than any single crew can carry in one trip so basically those big skull clouds will be um basically big pvp banners where people go and fight the skeletons and then fight over the loot, or maybe work together somehow um, to try and get these chests. And that that sounds like it will form the sort of PvP of the game. Like because I know, like uh, for example, when I was playing Sea of Thieves with Zach, he was kind of like, oh, "I want to find people to kill more easily and stuff." And I, I kind of feel like the skull the skull clouds will be a beacon for PvP and Let stuff me like that. Let me ask you this. Uh, death in Sea of Thieves is meaningless. At least how it was in the beta. Are they changing that? Because, like, you die, you wait 20 seconds, you respawn. Like, there's... It, it, like, it's... It, there's It's, like, essentially meaningless. Well, I mean... Yeah, I mean, they, they said they didn't want to... They didn't want to have these sort of crushing low i mean they, spe they specifically talked about daisy and rust and games like that where you where if you die you lose everything and you get like these situations where you've had like been playing for hours and then you lose everything you have to start over 
I specifically said they don't want to make a game like that. They don't want to make a game where the lows are so low that you want to quit the game. Um, no, I mean, I get that, but I'm just saying, like, in the scenario of these skeleton raids, right? Which Okay, so cool. they did... I know what you're saying. So, like, you die and then you respawn. And you'll be right back at your ship right. that's right there oh. at the, you know, the thing. So it's like... Okay, so one of the things Mike Chapman told me was that they're gonna they're gonna spawn people further away from where they where they were in the previous test. Oh, okay. Well, and, that makes uh, that makes more sense. The reason the reason for that partially the reason he brought that up um, specifically was because I was describing a scenario to him where uh, me, Roby, and uh, a couple of other chaps on Mixer, um, we absolutely decimated a crew so badly we stole five of their chests we sunk their boat we killed them multiple times and they were trying to respawn we just killed them again because i don't know maybe they were bad at the game i don't know but we were joking about how we'd cause them to cancel their pre-orders because we we just killed them so badly and ruined we sunk their boat and stole all their loot and stuff like that and um i was saying like it seems weird that they were able to just respawn over and over and over again in the same place and we were able to kill them over and over and over again because that doesn't that doesn't feel like good gameplay it reminds me of like old school world of warcraft where you could just you could just stand at the graveyard and just kill a low level player over and over again if you wanted to be an asshole you know and um he said that they're going to tweak some of those numbers and start like they're going to push people further away to break up uh break up fights like that in those situations and um uh, which uh, prevents griefing, and I suppose, and also prevents scenarios like you said, where you can just like respawn back on the objective and, and right. uh, just just sort of death rush, death rush to the loot, I guess. So, but, tell me, because I've seen a couple questions in here. Microtransactions, big yes. talking point. Uh, I've seen some outlets have their article written up as "Sea of Thieves Love Microtransactions," and other outlets go with the title of "No Loot Boxes Ever." and sea of thieves um what do you think about what what was their explanation to you about yeah there's going to be microtransactions but you know what you're going to be buying and it won't be there at launch so it'll be there three months later what was uh what's their philosophy behind uh dlc and microtransactions and stuff okay well they're building a service game with sea of thieves service games cost money they have daily they have a daily you know they, they have daily costs they've got to run the servers they've got to they've got to run um they've got to you know pay people's wages and they've got to run all their analytics and you know there's data uploading and you know it costs money to run a game like this over time and some of the some of the cfc two of the cfc's staff said to me they would be happy to work on cfc's for the rest of their careers they literally told me that now, if if the plan is for Sea of Thieves to last for a very long time, if it does take off and loads of people are playing it for a long time, they're going to want to fund that game, you know? And yeah, they'll make a load of money from the sales up front, but how do you cash flow that down the line? Now, you got to have monetization. Um, now, they said they didn't want to have loot crates because it detracts from the fact that all the, all the rewards in game are cosmetic and it distracts from the fact that you actually get crates in game as a game mechanic and stuff like that so instead what they're going to do is 
uh, when it comes to microtransactions, all content in the game will be free and added for free. Uh, new new quests will show up for free and and uh, and stuff like that. Um, but the way they're going to monetize that in the in the first instance is they're going to add these sort of these fun these fun like toys basically these little toys that you can purchase to to um support the game basically they don't offer any sort of a competitive advantage they're just sort of little fun things that you can play with your friends kind of like the instruments and stuff like that so like the first the first batch of like fun things they're going to add that you can buy with your money are going to be pets and um like uh cats uh monkey with a hat was mentioned obviously they're gonna have parrots and stuff like that so that each of these animals are gonna have like unique behavior and stuff what, like that. what animal do you want uh i want a dog can i have a dog i imagine i imagine there will be a dog i imagine there'll be a dog i kind of want to have now oh they told me no pet fish sadly and i was like how can you have um a sea of thieves game a sea game and not have pet fish because you could have like a fish bowl on your ship and put the put the fish in there and and then, but no there's no pet fish sadly by the sound of it but um I, I don't know but anyway um they said like these these pets you can pick them up you can throw them you can you know uh your free your crewmate can pet them and play with them too and stuff like that and joe neat was saying that he wants to um he wants to have it where you can shoot them out of cannons as well and stuff like that. So like Wait, nobody, just gonna... nobody's gonna be shooting my dog out of a cannon. Well that's gonna be my pup pup. If Joe Neat has his way, people will be able to shoot your pets out of maybe pups. maybe maybe they can't have a dog because that's reserved for uh Playgrounds Fable game. <laughs> like dogs are off limits because oh, they're gonna man. be a dog and fable. Maybe. Maybe. I remember that. I want a pet capybara, Kevin Max says. A pet capybara, Bjorn. Dolphin awesome. racing. Yes, a pet dolphin that like swims next to your ship the entire time. Badass. Yeah, that's the kind of thing they're going to add in microtransactions. Just these little fun cosmetic things. Um, not even clothes. You know, it's it's they're going to be like completely unmechanical uh, things. They just sort of help. You know, they're just fun. They're just going to be fun things. And I think that's I think that's I think that's perfectly acceptable. You know, developers have got to get paid. These artists have got to get paid. You know, they can't like, um, they can't just eat nothing. They've got, to, you know, you've got to make a living. You know, and and if they want, and if people want to keep playing this game and funding the servers and funding the devs' wages and stuff like that, um, uh, they've got to get paid. So I don't. And and also for Microsoft to to have interest, Microsoft wants money as well. So, I think uh, I think this is a great I think this is a great compromise. And it sounds as though these these uh, these things that they're going to let people buy are going to be like they're not just going to be skins, or, you know, color swaps or anything. They're actually going to be like a system, and they're gonna they're going to be worth the money. So that's how i feel about it i think it's like i think it's cool personally i don't know what you think what do you think man i mean pets are pretty cool i mean look look we're at the age now where loot boxes just has this uh very negative uh connotation associated with it because what happened with see or uh star wars right you hear about lawmakers introducing bills to the senate and the congress 
like one from Hawaii, one from New Hampshire. Um, you know, the ESAs haven't responded. So, like, it's this. I, I've always said, like, I have no interest in microtransactions. DL, like, it, the DLC that I want is something like Shadow of War offers like a new story campaign for 15 bucks. Cool. That's the kind of content I'm interested in. Cosmetic content, don't care about, right? But, like, I'm fine with the idea of cosmetic content in the sense that, like, here's a sword you can buy that is no different than any other sword. And if you want it, you can pay $3 for it. Cool. If somebody wants that sword, they know what they're buying. They know what the price is. They're not getting ripped off because they have to spin a box a hundred times to get what they want. So I'm fine with that. I'm fi- I mean, like, I'm fine with that. Uh, so the microtransactions in this game don't bother me any because it doesn't affect progression. It doesn't affect that power. It's all cosmetic nonsense that I don't care about. And people aren't getting ripped off. Like, it's just like, you know what you're buying. You know what the price is. If you think it's a fair value for your money, then buy it. And if you don't, then don't buy it. So it's pretty, you know, it's a a good system to me, um, especially in one compared with other systems. Now, the question I do have for you, Jez, is the pet stuff, right? It's, is that only going to be purchasable, purchasable with real money, or can I accure enough gold and stuff in the game to be able to buy it for myself, or is it just strictly money only shop? I didn't ask that question, and I kicked myself for it. I, I'm sure I could find out, but I think it might be money only. I, I would imagine it's probably money only. Um, I imagine so because yeah. they don't want to add extra currencies and stuff like that. Yeah, I would imagine it's like you want this monkey, you can only buy it, right? Like, there's not like, oh, you can you can pay for this monkey, monkey, it's five bucks, or you can get ten thousand gold, and then and then and then buy it. I don't think it'll be like that. But uh, before we move on to the next topic, I want you to talk about the Kraken because you were oh, baby. you were excited oh. to find out about it if it was really real, were the rumors oh, true, baby. and you got oh, to see baby. it. So, oh baby, so like. When I was a little kid, I was obsessed with the giant squid. Like, I'm a, I was a really strange kid. But I had, like, all these books about the, the giant squid and nautical legends and stuff. And um, uh, so, like, I really love that myth. You know, I love it in games and stuff like that. And I don't think many games have really pulled off the Kraken, the idea of a Kraken boss fight very well. World of Warcraft has a few Krakens, but they're all very scripted, stuff like that. I think there's... Isn't there a Kraken in one of the God of War games? I, I don't know. Uh, God of War 1, I believe. It's like the first boss. Yeah, so like, they have shown up here and there and stuff, and um, but I think as far as especially an online co- cooperative sort of game, um, there's uh, there's not that many kraken type boss fights rare showed us a 30 second clip of the kraken in action which they haven't shown to the public yet and i don't know when or if they will but um apparently this kraken tease was part of a much longer video and um it was absolutely absolutely jaw-droppingly awesome it was just so so cool um so like yeah basically it was from the kraken's point of view um the so like you have to because they still haven't shown the kraken's body uh just the tentacles really 
So um, it was showing like the Kraken's tentacle wrapping around the ship, lifting it out the water, picking up pirates, throwing them across the map as if they'd been fired out of a cannon, uh, drowning the pirates, and uh, you know pirates hacking at the the tentacles and ink going everywhere, and it was just nuts, man. It was just so so cool. And um, oh, and also the Kraken can eat you. And as well, and ingest the players, which is just hilarious. And you know, it's it was just it was just incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Now, um, it's important to note that the Kraken is not part of any quests or anything like that. It's not trigger triggerable by players. Um, the Kraken is basically a world hazard similar to the storms and stuff like that. You you can be sailing on a voyage, blah blah blah. And sometimes, in rare occasions, you will get attacked by a kraken. You know, um, you might come across another ship being attacked by a kraken. Maybe you can go and help that ship, or maybe you can just, you know, abuse the situation to steal their tre- treasure chest and stuff like that. But uh, the kraken is going to be this emergent thing where it just change it changes the the dynamic of of play and the kraken has like different strategies based on different situations like uh like the weather for example and uh, stuff like that and um they said that um different kraken every time you encounter the kraken the fight could play it differently because it's got loads of different strategies it uses to attack players and um it's like this dynamic evolving boss fight and each tentacle has its own AI and it, the Kraken has an AI, AI brain and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's like Samuel Tobert says, it's it's like straight out of Dead Man's Chest, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean. It was just super awesome. And, and when uh, you, when you, if you finally do kill it, it will have rewards, right? Yeah. That, and um, like everything else in the game, it will drop, when, if you do manage to kill the Kraken, and they're not they're not going to give away the strategy for killing it, but if you do manage to kill the Kraken, there will be great rewards for doing so, and the rewards will still be physical. You still have to pick them up. You still have to go and uh, sell them or hand them in or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was amazing, and I can't wait to see it on the high seas. I almost hope that they don't show a trailer of it. And that the first time it's discovered by for players is on a stream, or you know, it's discovered by players. Rather, well, there were some leaked photos that I saw. Yeah, I really love. You know what? I really love those photos, the leaked photos, because they're taken off screen, and it makes it look like I don't know, like yeah. like mysterious UFO footage or something like that. it's like these grainy shots of uh you know like like those old loch ness monster pictures and stuff like that um which which are too grainy to tell if it's real or not i thought they're really really cool but yeah it was just so cool man that was the 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 kraken tease was the coolest thing they showed um i'm just uh really excited for the game but um it's honestly as excited as i am for sea of thieves it's not going to be for everyone um like t t r z uh i can't pronounce his name t r z a r rector uh in chat just said i am not totally sold on sea of thieves yet i hope they really flesh it out for single players 
I don't think they are going to flush it out for single players. I mean, it says in the beta now they've updated the uh, the login system, and it basically it discourages you from playing solo. Really, really aggressively discourages you from playing solo. It's, mm-hmm. It basically says, um, uh, "Do you want to play on a four-man ship? This is recommended, or a two-man ship." And then you select two-man ship, and it's like, "Do you want to play with two players or play solo?" And it's it says, "Playing solo not recommended." Basically, if you're playing on solo, you have to a, you're probably the if you play solo in Sea of Thieves, you're probably the kind of person who really enjoys Elite Dangerous because that has that sort of lonely feeling and grinding and stuff like that and trading um but uh if you um do want to play it uh with friends i think that's where the true magic of sea of thieves is going to come in um i i think i'll probably play sea of thieves solo as well but i'm the kind of person who did sink dozens of hours into elite dangerous and yeah i mean a lot ed torres is going to lose a lot of players like that in my opinion but it's a multiplayer game. Not all games are single player games. Not all. You know, it's like it's like saying, um, you know, PUBG is not particularly great for solo play. I don't think. Yeah. It's more fun. It's more fun with friends. It's more fun in a squad. And it's like that in Sea of Thieves. You know, like Battle, Battlefield One. Even Battlefield One. I can't stand playing Battlefield One solo because playing with randoms kind of sucks and it's more it's much more fun if you play as a team and you're using your abilities together and stuff like that um uh that sort of thing you know well thanks thanks for the sea thieves info jazz i uh, read all your articles on windows central as always everybody there can check out all the stuff uh i know you probably made a lot more people excited for the game when it finally comes out March 20th. Any word on like an open beta, perhaps? I think there is going to be an open beta. They kind of hinted at it, didn't confirm it. They just said future tests and stuff yeah. like that. So we're, um, we're, we're about a month away. So if you had to guess, if you had to, if you had to take a stab at the dark on when they would do a, a, an open beta, where, where would you point to? Probably early March, maybe? Yeah, early March. Early to mid-March, I think, yeah. Early yeah. March. Seems there. I mean, like you said, it was Twitch. It was number one on Twitch a little bit ago. I think League, League of Legends jump started, but I mean, hell, it was this was like barely advertised. And I, I would hope so. I would hope in an open beta they add more content, or at least maybe different content, not like just like here's the closed beta, but open to everybody. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. But um, we're yeah, gonna I move mean, on. I really the, um, sorry, I I just wanted to say like I I really want them to throw the Merchants Guild in. As a, as a question because like the merchants guild is the the merchants guild quests are the ones where you have to go and get animals and like the right. animals are a physical objects too they can drown they have to be fed you have to look after them if you've got like a boat full of chickens and you go into a storm the chickens will freak out and there'll be feathers flying everywhere and stuff like that it's just it's just a crazy game <laughs> it's just crazy silly and um mm-hmm. very Great situations, I think. But I'm probably going to play. I'm going to wait for the full release. I played it once in alpha. I played it once in the beta. I'm kind of just waiting for the full game on March 20th. But there's other topics to talk about. I know you know Jazz got to go to this you know very special behind closed doors uh, rare visit. But there was also some information uh, about um, well maybe not so, well the the map 
or at least the E3 booth sizes came out, Jazz. And I'm sure you saw it on Twitter and elsewhere. People were concerned about Microsoft's booth size. They were concerned that how small it was compared to last year, which was very small compared to the year before. A lot of people are talking about, hey, uh, this means that Microsoft has nothing to show, period. Like the press conference is going to be 20 minutes long. Microsoft is getting out of the games industry. Microsoft is leaving <laughs> E3. All these different conspiracy theories based around the fact that, uh, you know, their their booth size isn't as big as Nintendo's, isn't as big as Sony's, and quite frankly, isn't even as big as Big Ben Interactive. And what games do Big Ben Interactive even make? So <laughs> I made a video about it. I kind of said in my video that. I felt the boot size has no correlation to what they show at the press conference. Cause why would it? Cause trailers and demos, like they're all just video. Like it doesn't really matter how big the booth is. Well, now obviously how big the booth is matters to what's playable on the game floor. But most people who have these concerns, uh, they're not even going to be going to E3. You know, they've never been to E3. I've been to E3 once you've been to E3 multiple times. Uh, there are things that a lot of people don't know about, mainly like a lot of these companies uh, actually have in their booth size, they have sections cordoned off to meet the press and meet other executives and have meetings. It's not the entire booth size is like strictly for gaming. A lot of it is also for meetings. Um, a lot of people don't know that Microsoft actually has a press event during the Galen Center after the press conference. Uh, one for US press, one for the UK press where they have all the games set up for you to play. In fact, in 2016, uh, Gears of War 4 was only playable at this press event. It wasn't playable on the show floor, period. It was only playable at this press event. And I think that's where I first met you, Jez, was at that press event, right? Yes. Uh, but so. people that never been to E3 have no clue about any of this stuff, right? Um. You've been there multiple times. What do you think about Microsoft's booth size being so small and would it affect what they show and does it really matter? A, I think the whole debate is just stupid. Um, the whole booth size thing is just ridiculous. I mean, for example, I remember last year people were like, oh my God, Sony's booth size is huge compared to Xbox, blah, blah. About half of Sony's booth was Destiny 2 uh, stations for playing. And a whole bunch of it was PSVR and stuff like that, you know. And like Capcom's booth was like a huge dragon <laughs> for Monster Hunter World, you know. So like the, these these booth size thing, people see the square and think every booth is the same. Uh, like Resident Evil 7's booth was like a, a like a recreation of the house from the game, you know. It's like you can't you can't glean anything from squares on that map. And Aaron Greenberg even said that the map's inaccurate as well. So, you know, how can you know? But it's like, it's like you said, all the action happens at the Galen Center anyway. Like, everything that I covered at, at E3 last year for Xbox um, happened at the Galen Center. Uh, which which isn't the LA Convention Center. It's it's where Xbox does their press their press conference, and it's where they have the press in afterwards. So that's where I took photos of the Xbox One X at the Galen Center. That's where I played Ashen at the Galen Center and Assassin's Creed Origins, and you know, and and all the upcoming X games and stuff like that. 
Um, that was all at the Gather Center. I barely, barely touched the Xbox booth at E3. So um, it doesn't matter at all. It's completely, completely irrelevant. And um, I just think it's uh, the whole debate is stupid. <laughs> it's just weird. Do you think? Uh, do you think it's mostly just people uh, trying to just be concerned, and I'll use "concerned" in quotes about Xbox, just to kind of like throw more shade at them? It's like, drama oh. for the sake of drama. You know, you get, you get like it's just a talking point, isn't it? It's the the weekly controversy. You know, last week it was Game Pass and and see if thieves going to Game Pass, blah blah blah. This week it's the stupid booth. Blah blah blahs. People are already always and, upset about something. Yeah, and the thing that people remember about E3 isn't the booth, isn't what's in the booth. It's, it's the press conference. Hell yeah! The press I'm conference awesome. is what matters. If Microsoft has a terrible press conference, that's all people are going to be talking about was what they show at the press conference. They're not going to be talking about what or how many games was playable at the booth. Nobody talks about that besides journalists, and most people here you know, aren't going to be going to E3. So all that matters is the press conference. And yeah, and, and also there's, there's another thing that isn't on that map is like the second floor where Microsoft actually has its press area. Uh-huh. So like uh, the LA Convention Center, they have like, and you've got to remember that the whole dynamic of E3 has changed because now it's open to the press. So, um, I mean, it's open to the yeah. public, yeah. not just the press. So, you know, uh, Microsoft's press area was like three or four times the size of their their booth last year, because they had so many rooms where press could play the games, you know, um, behind closed doors rather than be outside in the noisy, the noisy, um, uh, you know, uh, the the public booth because it's it's a nightmare, you know, it's so crowded, it's so noisy. You can't talk to the devs because it's so noisy and it's just completely crap. Yeah. So, I, but then again, the people who are concerned about it have never been to E3 and they don't know. Exactly. They don't know. They don't know, man. They just don't know. They don't know that a lot of the sports space is taken up by meetings. A lot of the sports space is taken up by huge monuments. Like there was when I went in E3 2016, a huge section of the Microsoft floor space was taken up by the car from Forza Horizon 3, remember? Yeah. Just sitting right back- there, just taking up a whole bunch of space. Yeah. I, um, what matters is the press conference. Now, look, with the boot size that small as it possible, Microsoft doesn't have a lot playable, sure. But, and we've talked about this before, like, I, maybe me and Jazz differ here. I think Sea of Thieves and State of the K2 will be out before E3. So obviously they probably won't have any stations for that. I think Crackdown is after E3. Uh, it'll be shown again. And the only other game I'm kind of expecting from Microsoft is Forza Horizon 4 uh, this year. I mean, I expect Ori to be playable because I think Ori's an early 2019 title. So maybe I expect it on the floor. But if Halo 6 is a 2019 title, it's not going to be on the show floor. It, maybe it'll be behind closed doors. Unless, of course, there's some like spin-off Halo game this year or something like that. But I don't really expect Microsoft to have a lot of playable first-party games. Do you, do you kind of agree with me on that, Jez? Like, uh, like at their own stuff? I, I just really don't see it. Yeah, Barring surprise announcements, I guess. I completely agree. Um, 
I hope they've got a new build for Ashton, mainly. Oh, uh, yeah, I better imagine. I mean, that's supposed to come out this year. Is it this year? 2018. I thought it was. I'm pretty sure it was. I mean, you're the one who wrote that article, said it was your most anticipated game, an interview with the devs and everything. Yeah, but you're also assuming I'm the kind of person who remembers things. I, I would remember, Jez. I don't remember anything. I don't even remember I know. What, what day of the week it is. But uh, yeah, Ashen was awesome. Like, it was just incredible. Absolutely amazing. I think that's that's going to be the next big one for Microsoft, I think. You don't think Sea of Thieves is? I mean, after Sea of Thieves. You don't think State of Decay 2 is? I thought you loved State of Decay. Uh, well, that's before E3, isn't it? I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I assume it's before E3. I mean, I guess it's possible it could be after. If you had to guess State of Decay's two release date, what would you, what would you guess? Oh God, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, if it was before E three, I kind of would have expected it to be announced by now. You think um, so? I think Microsoft is like really laser focused on Sea of Thieves at this point. You know, like there's still the month of April and the month of May. In fact. With with Red Dead moved out of out of this you know spring, um, there doesn't really seem to be a lot of games scheduled for May this year. You know, God of War is is April. May seems to be kind of wide open for the first time in in a few years. Uh, why not drop State of Decay two in May? Sure, I mean if it's ready. But the weird thing about State of Decay is we barely seen anything of it. I know. That is true. Um, I saw I saw I saw State of Decay 2 behind closed doors at last year's E3. And honestly, I wasn't that impressed. I absolutely adored the original. I adored it. I loved it. But I didn't think State of Decay 2 looked that compelling. It looked exactly the same as the first game, just with slightly better graphics, kind of. I mean, for for most State of Decay fans, maybe that's all they want. But for me, I was kind of hoping for an evolution of the systems that power the game. The the the, the uh, super zombies were all the same ones from the first game. Like it even looked like they were the same models. I was just not, I was just not that impressed with it. And yeah, maybe it was an early build or whatever, blah blah blah. But I wasn't that impressed with it. State of Decay two. So like. Even as a isn't as a massive fan of the original, um, seeing it behind closed doors kind of made me not care about not care about it as much, and especially because um, they were showing it side by side against Sea of Thieves, which had this really intriguing concept, and you know it was really intriguing and, and unique, and all this mystery about what it was at the time, and then next to State of Decay, which is also a four player co-op game. Um, which was exactly the same as the first one. I just, I was disappointed. I don't know. So I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with State of Decay. Hmm. All right. Well, how about we uh, we talk really quickly about uh, what the Final Fantasy director said about the next Xbox and PlayStation, shall we? Really fast. Indeed. What did he say? Did he, he said that. Um, he thinks that the Xbox two <laughs> plug and the PS five will, uh, take a cue from the music and film industry. And both of them will offer users to subscribe to digital cloud-based services. 
Oh, and that, snap. Yeah. Uh, so that is what his speculation is. And he's the director of Final Fantasy XV. So I, I think there's going to be a large push to uh, cloud-based services. Uh, not with the next console. I think it'll offer something like that, like as like an additional thing. Because one of the things Microsoft did wrong with 2013 was they tried to change everything right away, like literally everything. And it's been shown in studies and time and time again, like you can't change everything right away. You have to kind of slowly uh, like introduce changes over the course of time. Uh, Microsoft went for the whole kit and caboodle immediately. People were like, no, and obviously things changed but as you can tell microsoft is getting more and more and sony as well like uh, the push for more digital the push for more subscription services the push to more games as a service like they're introducing things that they kind of introduced in 2013 but at a slower pace over the course of time instead of everything at once so in my opinion the ps5 and the xbox 2 are both going to be consoles they're both going to be extremely powerful at least more powerful than the X. And I think they both will have some sort of cloud-based service attached to it, but the console is still going to be a console you put a disc in or a console where you still download games from. It'll probably have an ancillary service where you stream games somehow to get people accustomed to that future uh, down the road. That's kind of like my thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree. I I've spoken to people at Xbox and um, about this topic multiple times, and I don't think there is, I don't think there's a desire to end physical game sales. Um, they appreciate, I mean, amongst maybe maybe on the Don Matrix, maybe, but I think like with the new the new thinking at Microsoft, I don't think there's a push to end digital game, uh, physical game sales, and in any way shape or form i think like i agree with you rand that any any stream service or any things like game pass and stuff it's going to be offered alongside those it's going to be offered alongside those things along alongside physical and permanent ownership of digital licenses it's never going to replace them um because you know streaming games especially you need you need seriously stable and fast internet and the, the the world's just isn't there yet it's not there yet wi-fi technology is just not there yet for most people um even when you connect up with ethernet it's still there's still you know latency issues and stuff like that especially if you want to play a multiplayer game maybe if you're playing a turn-based game like xcom you know it doesn't matter so much how how laggy it is but if you're playing PUBG. And you've got like I don't know 100 millisecond latency or or more. It's unplayable. It becomes unplayable, and um, it's not just the speed; it's the stability that you need. And I don't think we're there yet, and we're not going to be there for a long time. So I don't think Microsoft has any desire to kill um, to kill local based gaming for uh, cloud based anytime soon. But it's it's kind of inevitable though. It's kind of it's the inevitable future because internet speeds eventually will be fast enough and to replace the need to have the physical device there. If you could like 
if you could have a full, if you could have the full power of an Xbox One X, and all you needed was a USB dongle, or you know, I suppose it'd be a Thunderbolt dongle then or something, um, and all you needed was a dongle connected to to super fast future Wi-Fi. People go for the convenience every time. They will. They go for the convenience, and um, it's you are right completely in saying that you can't just you can't just force people to change overnight but at the same time people are lazy and they do want the convenience and that's why that's why amazon is killing physical retail because people can't be bothered to shop anymore people can't be bothered to go out of the house and shop anymore like we've seen this in the uk in droves people just aren't shopping in in public anymore because amazon makes it so easy to just sit down and just order everything you want from the internet. Yep, they so, call it the retail apocalypse. Exactly, it's a it, retail apocalypse, and it, it's uh, eventually it'll happen for everything because the internet will be fast enough and ubiquitous enough to the point where you can stream all your games, and it won't have any effect on your ability to play those games. Uh, you know, it's maybe it's not five years down the line. Maybe it's maybe it's not even ten years down the line. But it's coming. It is coming, and there's nothing anyone could do to stop it. Yeah, yeah. Gaming Four says we are five to ten years away from Rogers console. I agree. It could even be longer. But the thing is, Microsoft likes to. Microsoft is taking its cloud services very seriously. They are taking the cloud services very seriously because they realize the future of everything is probably cloud. And Microsoft are investing heavily in that. And I think Microsoft recently, um, or, well, I don't know if they have fully overtaken Amazon Web Services, but they, they get in there. Microsoft are aggressively pushing cloud, and they are chasing Amazon Web Services. As well, a, I mean, as a, it is their number one revenue driver, right? The cloud? Yeah, it is. I mean, the, is that's their core business, basically. It's what Microsoft is at this point. Yeah, it's it's over Azure. It's it's yeah. it's killer. It's killer. You know, it runs all sorts of you know powerful web services and stuff like that, games and 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 all that sort of stuff. It's running PUBG now as well. Um, I don't know to be honest, off the top of my head, I don't know what services are running on Azure, but you know, it's so it's it's big services like Netflix, and I think Netflix runs on Amazon Web Services. Uh, if off the top of my head. But it's yeah. it's the, it's those sorts of high bandwidth, high revenue deals that Microsoft is looking for with the cloud. So, um, but again, for consumers, game streaming is just not there yet, and it's it's only just now that streaming video has gotten there. You know, I mean, I remember when I remember when YouTube first came out, and the idea of streaming at 1080p consistently was that was a dream. You know, when I was a kid. And now we're streaming at 4K on YouTube, and it's not a, it's not a problem, you know. Eventually, it'll be like that for games, and it's it's gonna take it's gonna take more than a decade, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, and some people don't like hearing about this because Todd McDanger says, "Come on, Rand, my Scorpio is only three months old," and that's that's an issue Microsoft's gonna face if they're gonna be trying to launch another system whether it's 2019 or 2020, people are going to be like, I, I just bought my X. I, I just bought my Scorpio. Like, are we already doing new consoles already? Right? So they kind of got to work with that. But Jez, also, didn't you have... Um, 
didn't you have a disagreement with me over one of my polls I ran on my Twitter? Which poll? Um, the one where I was voting for. Uh, damn, what poll was it? You you like you were like, how are you voting for this? Oh, it was a franchise you want to kill, Paul. Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. You were very upset that I voted for Elder Scrolls. Yeah, I mean, tell tell people, give people the context of this poll. This so poll you know, I do these polls on Twitter sometimes uh, about hey, one one of these franchises has to be erased from history. So the past games don't exist, and no future games. And for the first one, I did a basic the biggest games on the console, like each console manufacturer. So Halo, Uncharted, Mario, and Zelda. And while I understand that Gran Turismo is the biggest PlayStation franchise by sales, I feel like it's a racing game, and people would just vote it out automatically, right? So of course, Uncharted won. I mean, yeah, you could say it's a skewed poll because I have more Xbox followers than than you know PlayStation, but. Uh, Uncharted did win. And then, okay, so I felt, you know what, let's do a third-party one. So I did long-time franchises, and it was the choice between Final Fantasy, Grand Theft Auto, Resident Evil, and Elder Scrolls. And I was like, you know what? Elder Scrolls gotta go. It's gotta go, because Final Fantasy, Grand Theft Auto, and Resident Evil has shaped, you know, for me, personally, they're fantastic games, but they've shaped a lot of, uh, uh, they have a lot of legacy. They've shaped a lot of game development. And Jazz took issue with the fact that I voted out Elder Scrolls. See, that was evil. And I'll tell you why. Because every time they're releasing the Elder Scrolls, it changes the industry. Mm. And um, Oblivion changed the industry. And Skyrim changed the industry. And yeah, there's a whole whole meme about how they keep re-releasing Skyrim and stuff. But it's like Fallout. Fallout is all... Fallout and Skyrim are like on this TikTok sort of release schedule where Fallout is kind of like a mod of the most recent Elder Scrolls. So like Fallout 4, I remember when they announced Fallout 4 and they were like, oh, the graphics are disappointing, blah, 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 blah. And it was because it was like, yeah, well, it's basically the Skyrim engine, you know? And um, But when they release the next Elder Scrolls, it's going to be a leap. It's going to be, a, well, hopefully, I mean, I don't know this, but hopefully it's going to be a leap. And it's going to be like, oh my god, I can't believe it's doing this. I mean, I remember when I first played Skyrim, and I was just, I was just blown away by it, man. I was so blown away by it, like shooting, shooting, um, like uh, I can't remember the spell, the name of the spell now. But there's a spell you can get where you can shoot like a ball of light to illuminate like a dark room. And I remember like the volumetric lighting just sort of lighting up this cave that was flowing with water and stuff like that. And it was just like, oh my God, that's amazing. At the time, like it was just a stunning game. And you play play Skyrim now and it looks like crap. But it's like at the time it was just incredible, man. And it defi it defined it defined the generation for me. So yes, I was very offended that you wanted to get rid of Elder Scrolls, especially when there were there were other far more suitable games to get rid of in that list, like Final. Fa- I voted for Final Fantasy. I voted for Fi- I voted to get rid of Final Fantasy, and that was that was kind of painful to do as a Final Fantasy fan. But um, I think Final Fantasy is totally past its prime, and it's sort of living off its brand. More True, but at the same time, this is also about getting rid of all the previous games, and I just couldn't do that to Final Fantasy because oh. seven, eight, not like the entire history of the game you have to consider. 
Oh, okay. I misunderstood the poll then. I thought you were just like canceling. No, it's 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 like we're it's like an alternate universe where Final Fantasy doesn't didn't exist. You know, oh. like you remove not only any Final Fantasies going forward, but all the previous Final Fantasies. Okay, what what were the options again? Uh, it was Final Fantasy, Grand Theft Auto, Resident Evil, and Elder Scrolls. I'd get rid of Grand Theft Auto in that case. Mm, I think Grand Theft Auto's like too influ- influential. Like that's the thing. Like you got for me, you think of like not only the games I enjoy, but like how they influence the industry. Like Grand Theft Auto Three and the Grand Theft Auto series in general is like like one of the most influential series in gaming. That, that's why I love doing these polls because it's so interesting to see why people pick what they pick. Well, well, yeah, I, I agree that Grand Theft Auto is, is crazy, crazy influential and a really important franchise, but I personally am not a huge fan right, of it. So it's got to go, you know, which so is why I voted Elder Scrolls because it's got to go because I don't really care much for Elder Scrolls and I think the other three games are way more important to me and to the gaming industry in general. <sighs> I mean, Jez, right. if there was no Resident Evil, there'd be no Gears of War. I don't care. I don't care about the industry. I only care about me. And I know. you can't can't get rid of Resident Evil because I love Resident Evil so much. Um, it's sort of ingrained in my brain about Resident Evil. Um, although uh, Resident Evil Five and Six were trash, um, but. You know, I've always played Grand Theft Autos. You know, I've always had them, but it's because it, it's kind of like the game everybody has. But I think this might be a British thing, right? Because um, Grand Theft Auto in England, it's kind of like it's the game everybody plays, literally everybody. And when I was a kid, it was like you couldn't get away from Grand Theft Auto. Everyone was talking about Grand Theft Auto all the time, and it kind of made me sick of it. I don't know. <laughs> it's it might sound like a stupid reason but i was kind of like i was like a hipster i was like oh i don't like Grand Theft Auto, you know but it, it just kind of like soured me to the franchise how popular it was in a weird way um and also i'm Grand Theft Auto online is just a ridiculous thing that won't go away but it's weird because like um some of the the gta the gta 4 dlc is like some of my favorite dlc ever like Lost in the Dam, sick DLC. Yeah, um, I love that DLC, and uh, I just love that game G- GTA Four, and it was just a tremendous game. That's my favorite one, and it's like that's weird because I know a lot of people well, don't like that one the most. So but... out of like GTA Four and Five, like I-, I like Five better, but out of the other like the, the you know three Vice City and San Andreas, I like San Andreas the most. Um. But yeah, um, I don't know. They're nice little polls to do. I got another one coming up here probably tomorrow that's going to be pretty interesting. But I know that uh, Jez, he was pretty tired, so we're going to have to end the podcast. We went through everything we kind of wanted to talk about, although we did talk about Sea of Thieves a lot, True uh, which kind of cut down on like the other topics. But hey, uh, you know, we thought about not doing the podcast this week because Valentine's Day, you know, Jez, Jez, Jez has a woman he's got to take care of. You know, he's got to make her happy. Uh, <laughs> You know, you get a Valentine's date. Anybody want to be my Valentine's? Just let me know. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, you know, thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for everybody hanging out in chat. Uh, hit the like button if you haven't already. If this is your first time watching iTunes on iTunes or SoundCloud. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, we do the show every single week, 
So, yeah, uh, Jez, anything to say before we get on out of here? Don't sleep on Deep Rock Galactic. It's going to be pretty cool. If you've got, if you've got, if you've got a dedicated team of friends, um, check out Deep Rock Galactic. It's coming to Xbox Game Preview, Windows 10, Xbox Play Anywhere, and Steam. And I think it is coming to PlayStation 4 as well eventually, but I think it's a timed exclusive for Xbox. Uh, I think it might be a full exclusive, but I think it's probably timed exclusive. Oh, man. But uh, yeah. That's cool. And also say hi to me on Twitter at Jez Corden Jay's and yeah. and we'll talk games. And next we'll week we'll talk. we'll bring back the question and answer segment. Uh we just didn't have a lot of time today because you know Jez gotta go sleeps. I gotta sleeps. He gotta sleeps and I got games to play. So thanks for watching, guys. Uh hope you enjoyed the show. Share it out on Twitter and elsewhere if you did. Hit the like button, subscribe, all that good stuff. And me and Jez will see you next week for a new episode. And who knows what we'll be talking about. Who knows? Uh, later. Hugs. <laughs>